Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And I'm Lindsay. And Lindsay, we have a wonderful place to go to do some ghost hunting and have pretty good odds of seeing stuff. We've talked about prisons and stuff like that before. And I've always said I find that like a little scarier than your average like haunted bed and breakfast because of some of the people there were violent in real life. Yeah, that's always a scary thought as essentially like prisons and violence and spirits who maybe had a bad past. Yeah, this is a really interesting one. This is your haunted holiday at the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio. So the Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio, is a very famous looking haunted location. It looks almost like a castle when you pull up to it. It's very ominous looking. And a lot of people will know it because it was actually used as the set for the Shawshank Redemption. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's such a good movie. And it just looks haunted, quite frankly. Now, this when it was opened was meant to be a true, like, reformatory. It wasn't meant for, you know, really violent felons or anything like that. It was meant for young, nonviolent criminals that they wanted to reform instead of put through some sort of maximum security situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, during that time, they really focused on teaching them religion, they educated them, and they taught them different trades that they could go out and do in the real world. And apparently, it was actually very, you know, well received. A lot of the people there were reformed and then carried on, you know, very normal lives after the fact, at least when it was first built. Spoiler alert, that's going to change a little bit. I was just going to say, isn't there some sort of terrible history here or what? <laughs> there definitely is. And let me get into the first death that we're going to talk about at this place. So in the 1930s, the superintendent, basically the warden of the reformatory, his name was Arthur Glatke, and he lived there with his wife, Helen, in the administrative building. Well, in 1950, Helen actually was reaching into the closet for a box and did not realize that her husband had put a revolver on top of the box. Mm. So when she pulled it down, the revolver fell and it actually discharged and she got shot through the chest and she ended up dying a couple days later. Terrifying. What a horrible way to go. And then for it to take several days? Oh, right. Awful. A tragic, tragic accident. And Arthur was actually like pretty well respected there. He really did focus on the reforms. People really liked him. And he actually ended up dying himself in the the prison as well in 1959 in his office of a fatal heart attack. Wow. Okay. So we already have two significant deaths. This is a pretty good um, recipe for some hauntings. No doubt about it. Now, 
Beginning in the 1960s, things started to take a bit of a turn at this location. Prisons started to get more overcrowded in Ohio. They needed to find a place to put these prisoners. And rather than these young, nonviolent criminals, they started kind of making it a maximum security prison with all kinds of prisoners. And there was overcrowding here as well. They actually got to a point where cells that held that were supposed to hold one prisoner ended up holding three prisoners. It was meant to hold a thousand prisoners total, and at some point it was holding three thousand. So three times what the capacity is, which is unfortunately one of these things that we hear about a lot with some of these, you know, mid nineteen hundreds locations like this. Yeah, definitely. It it just makes the environment that much worse. I cannot imagine. And instead of reform, now they started focusing on punishment. Okay, so just a much different atmosphere. And in fact, some of the punishments included, they say, torture, like electroshock of people. They would use like power hoses Of course, the hole, we've heard a lot about that in other famous prisons as well. But like the conditions were just awful. It had rat infestations, disease, violence, just awful. And in fact, on the property itself, there is a prison graveyard and there are 215 graves there. But they say that there's been approximately 278 confirmed deaths on the site from any number of things from things like disease all the way to violence and some pretty horrible stuff now some people there they killed themselves for example there are reports of people that were put in the hole in the basement as hanging themselves that kind of thing. There was also an incident in the basement in the hole where apparently there was a a storm with a lot of rain and it actually, the rain runoff got into the basement and drowned some people down there. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. Yeah, really, really horrible. In fact, I think one of the more horrible things, the drowning is obviously awful, but in cell 13 in the actual cell block, Apparently, there was a prisoner that had gotten a hold of some flammable materials somewhere in the prison, like a paint thinner or something, gets into a cell, douses himself with this liquid, and then set himself on fire and burned to death. Whoa. So is that on record? That that actually happened? That actually happened. And they know exactly which cell it was. Wow. That, I just, I mean, suicide is such a terrible thing, regardless of how it's, how it happens. But I just cannot even imagine that being a way to, to do this. I, uh, to do it at all, let alone, you know, lighting yourself on fire. Like there is a lot going on there. That's how you, you've chosen to go. That's just so sad to think about. It became very violent as well because it was turned into this maximum security prison There are records of people beating each other to death with the overcrowding, cellmates killing each other. One incident that was particularly gory is apparently uh, one inmate actually gutted another inmate and literally like sliced him from hip bone to jawbone. Oh my gosh. Parents, 
Sorry for the uh, violence this episode if your kids are listening. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, that's just a horrible visual. Well, and even to this day, they are still finding, like as they're kind of doing renovations and going to different sections of the building, they are finding like shanks hidden away. So there was a lot of like, you know, paraphernalia that was hidden away in here that is still being found, which is actually kind of cool, that part yeah. of it. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, the show Lock Up, where it follows inside the U.S.'s largest prisons, it's very informative. I learned how to make a shank while watching that show. <laughs> you and shanks. There was some other episode we did where you, I think it was in Tennessee, the, the Tennessee prison there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they ha have like a whole shank museum situation set up in that prison. Well, I mean, you just you just never know. You need to know these things <laughs> for the future. <laughs> you never know. This is true. Now, conditions got so terrible there that eventually the inmates worked with a, a, a group to sue the state of Ohio because of the disease and the rats and just and torture that was going on there. And they actually won their case. And wow. the judge said, you are right. These are absolutely horrific conditions. They cannot remain open. And so the state of Ohio was ordered to build new prisons. And once the, the new prison opened in 1990, that is when this Ohio State Reformatory eventually closed its doors. So not that long ago. Yeah. I, You know what's so funny? Every time we do a prison, it seems like that's... Or even like an asylum or something. It's like, what? It closed when? You know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or not that long ago. And even though the conditions were so terrible. Right. Uh, all the way up until that time frame, you know, within our lifetimes, at least. Yeah. Now, after it closed down, it got taken over by a preservation society. And they have since turned it into a museum. And not long after, that is when it became popular with filmmakers who are making movies about prisons and trying to film scenes in a prison, and hence the Shawshank Redemption being the most famous. This is Lisa, and are you ready to embark on the adventure of a lifetime? You've heard me delve into the world of haunted travel, exploring eerie locations and uncovering spine-chilling tales. And now I'm thrilled to announce the launch of something very special to me, which is my own travel agency, brought to you by Your Haunted Holiday. As our listeners know, I'm not just passionate about haunted travel, I live and breathe it. From researching the most haunted destinations to planning unforgettable journeys, I'm here to make your travel dreams a reality. Whether you're seeking the thrill of a haunted location or craving a getaway to somewhere a little less spine-tangling, I've got you covered. And here's the best part, my services are absolutely free. Let me put my travel skills to good use by helping you plan the perfect escape. Simply visit yourhauntedholiday.com and click on the Travel Agency by Lisa link at the top of the page in the menu. So where will your next adventure take you? Let's make it a journey you'll never forget. Contact Your Haunted Holiday Travel Agency today and let's start planning. Your adventure awaits.
Now, even back in the time when this place was open as a prison, prisoners were already experiencing paranormal activity here. You know, a lot of people, I guess, would report that they would feel the feeling of like their covers being like pulled up, mm-hmm. which is terrifying to me, but they describe it as a comforting, like almost like they're being tucked in. Yeah, I would not feel that way because to me, that's my like a nightmare of a spirit that you can't see pulling the covers off of you or moving them really while you're sleeping. That's scary. The other thing that's ultra scary for these prisoners, think about it. They can't just leave. They can't just say, whoa, this cell is haunted. Right. They're trying to tuck me in at night. They and can't flee. They're stuck. They, they're stuck. They're stuck with it. Yeah, and one of the other things that a prisoner reported was that he was sitting in his cell and he heard keys like a prison guard was, you know, clearly doing their rounds of the cell block and heard the keys come all the way down the hall and in front of his cell, but there was no guard, like the keys had no person with them. And then, you know, several minutes later after the fact, the actual prison guard came by. Mm. Interesting. I wonder if a prison guard's haunting the place. I think there are reports of prison guards that are haunting this place. Now, the other place that you want to look at, and this goes back to our first story of death on the show, is the warden or superintendent that his wife actually died of a bullet wound through an accidental death. And then he passed away of a heart attack in the admin wing. And so Helen, his wife, was really known for wearing this rose-scented perfume. And that can be oftentimes one of the biggest experiences that people have, or the most common, I guess I should say. Mm -hmm. When people are in that section of the building, they regularly smell the scent of roses, which is what she was really known for. Now, he was known for smoking, and so a lot of times you will smell tobacco smoke in that area as well. But there's also, you know, your typical rushes of cold air. They also can hear, like, a conversation happening, which sounds like from a man and woman sometimes, where, you know, they can't quite make out what's being said, but it's clear somebody's having a conversation that is not there. Hmm. There is in this admin wing of the building a third floor, and they do claim that they think there is something a little bit more sinister in this section of the prison. They don't really know what it is, but it is like the people working there, the tour guides, don't like going up there. Like they get goosebumps and just a really horrible feeling, I guess, in that section of the building. And they don't really know who's haunting that or or why they're having that sensation. I don't know. That's interesting. I, I do think it sounds like there's so much negative energy just in this building, right? So who knows? Maybe this is some sort of negative entity that's maybe it's someone who was alive or maybe it's something that kind of was formed there as a result of all of just the sadness and negativity around just just an energy that's tied to it maybe you know maybe not even a specific person but with all those emotions that i'm sure took place you know everywhere throughout this this property i think you could be onto something there it could be something like that 
the other places, there's quite, I mean, really everywhere in this place, you're likely to experience something. Now, they do say the chapel is like there's a lot of orbs that are going to show up in your photographs. You'll see full bodied apparitions that stand in doorways. And the claim is this is really rumor. I don't know that this is a fact, but the claim is that before it was a chapel, that is the area where they actually did the executions. Mm. So that's interesting. I was thinking first, like maybe there's spirits that want to go to the chapel because it's, a, you know, maybe a good place, but maybe not. That's interesting. It does not sound like it, but you would think, right? The infirmary is known for its EMFs. People died in the infirmary, obviously, you know, and they said the conditions were so bad there and it was so understaffed that people were literally just kind of like left to die. Like, sorry, we don't really have any help for you, even though you're on this gurney dying. Ugh, terrible. The cell block itself, it is known to be the biggest freestanding steel cell block in the world it has a huge number of cells but it's also six stories tall of just cells okay so it is just a huge expansive area we talked about the person who actually set himself on fire there but they think guards are haunting this place other prisoners who have passed away but cell 13 is the most famous of them with that that death and I was watching a show that I actually really enjoy. It's relatively new. It's called Portals to Hell. Mm-hmm. I think you're familiar with this I've one. seen it a couple of times. Yeah, it's pretty good. So I was researching this and I realized that they had an episode on it. So I went to watch it just to see did they experience anything here. And yes, they experienced a lot at this place. So tons of activity. But one of the things that I thought was really interesting is Jack Osborne, one of the hosts of that show, was sitting in cell 13. And he had what I would describe almost like a REM pod type situation in that room with him. And he was asking questions like, did you die in here? If you're here, come in. They could hear noises of what sounded like somebody entering the room. And then the REM pod started going off like crazy. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, that that place was haunted. Okay. <laughs> they were experiencing some stuff. There's and no that was that. in cell 13 that he had that happen? Yes, that was in wow. cell 13. They also experienced in that cell block all kinds of things. Like they heard what sounded like a cell door opening on its own that was really, really clear in the audio. Now, the hole is another place that where they experience a lot of activity. Down here, the energy tends to be a lot more negative because if, if you know much about like solitary confinement and how they used to use these holes, they still use solitary confinement even today in the prison system. But I mean, it can drive people crazy. They're by themselves every day for hours on end. And going back to your point, Lindsay, of just the energy in that place, I think that's a big reason why the energy in this particular portion of the building is particularly terrible. Because people here, I guess, get very nauseous. They have feelings of being watched. Like, they just really, really do not feel good in this section of the building. I can imagine. That's like one of those places that uh, you would dare someone to sit in 
you know, sit in by themselves while they're ghost hunting. I mean, the yes. hole is notorious, right? I mean, you had deaths that are on record from drownings, but then possible suicides and just sadness and awful scenario, real negative energy, I, I can imagine. Right. Agreed. The last place I'm going to talk about in the building, and there's a lot of them, but one place is called the West Attic. And it is really just like a huge open space, I guess I would describe it as. And apparently, back in the day, there was a neighboring prison with like real criminals when it was a reformatory that had caught fire. And so they needed to move several of the prisoners from that maximum security prison to a new location. And so they decided to move them to this portion of the building, the West Attic. And so it brought in all these violent, you know, felons and stuff like that, murderers, rapists, all in one big room together. Basically. Why would they do that? What a bad choice. I know. It sounds crazy. But anyways, <laughs> people ended up, you know, like getting attacked and killed in here. You, you can't just throw people like that together in one big open space. Like, it's it's just not good news, right? But apparently in this area today, they have a lot of negative energy here as well, especially towards women. Women say that they get touched inappropriately, they get their hair pulled, but people get scratched here too. And it looks almost like, I think back to the shanks, Lindsay, like it's almost like shank scratches. Oh my gosh, scary. I mean, I think the word shank is just kind of funny but it's horrible it's funny that that's what you thought of when you saw scratches but yeah i mean so that's super scary yeah i'd be scared if i was up there ghost hunting so like i said earlier in the episode this place is technically a museum now and they offer all kinds of different tours they have history tours, but they are most known for their ghost tours, and they offer a ton of different options that we're going to get into. But one thing that they have right now is they have kind of a unique virtual tour situation that you can rent, and the virtual tour includes, it sounds like a lot of cool stuff. I kind of want to do it um, maybe uh, later this week if I have time, but they have like a history portion of it. They show you the different movie sets from like the Shawshank Redemption. They show you artifacts, and then they also go over the hauntings, I guess, as part of this virtual tour. And there's even like a scavenger hunt option where they'll kind of quiz you on different things and you have to kind of go through the virtual tour looking for different items. But in order to get access to the tour, it's $5 and it's a rental and it lasts for 24 hours. So kind of like your average movie rental, you get it for a day and it costs $5. There's also a membership option. If you want to get an annual membership, then you get access to the virtual tours whenever you want. Awesome. I love that. So let's get into some of the specific ghost hunts, okay? They offer multi-skilled ghost hunting levels. So depending on, you know, how comfortable you are with going out and investigating, they are going to have an option for you. So they have beginner level ghost hunts that are going to be much more guided and showing you how to use the equipment. There's intermediate level and then there is advanced level for the repeat people that come back. So people that live in Mansfield 
Man, if I lived in Mansfield, I'd be going there like on a regular basis. The tours are typically going to be on select Friday and Saturdays. They have a calendar on their website and they last between 7 p.m. and 3 a.m. And listen to this. They have pizza, soda, coffee, and hot chocolate ready for you throughout the night. Oh my goodness. Okay. So it's a ghost hunting adventure overnight, which is which is pretty cool. And they feed you. Yes. Does it get much better? I don't know. Right. And it does cost $99 each. But I honestly, I think that's a great price for the length of time you get to do the tour, the hands-on that you're going to get from them, and pizza, hot chocolate, coffee, like... Yeah, I I think that's worth it. Now, they also do private tours. So if you're interested in doing something without a larger group, these are a little bit more pricey, but it's intended for larger groups of people. So for the private tour on Friday and Saturday nights, it costs $3,000. However, that is for 30 people or less. So if you, it's essentially like $100 a person if you can somehow gather 30 people. 30 people. Now, wow. they even have an upcharge. So if you wanted to bring more than 30 people, you can bring up to 100. And it's just $100 each for each additional person. Wow. That's that's uh, that's a lot of people. I don't think I could get 30 people to go ghost hunt this place with me. So I, I was shocked when you said 3,000. I mean, if you can do it, I could see it being kind of like a fun, like a big outing with all of yeah. your friends. Well, you never know. Maybe our podcast will get big enough that people will want to meet us there and do a big ghost hunt one of these days. Yeah, that would be cool. You just never know. Right. That would be really neat. They also, it's a little bit different for other days of the week. So um, Sunday through Thursday, it's $1,500 for 15 people. So you can have less than 30. You can have 15 people. So a little bit less. If you can't find that 30, maybe you can find 15 and go during the week. They also offer ghost hunting classes, like literal lessons that include ghost hunting, um, but they go through the equipment in a lot more detail, the theory, that kind of thing. And that's $115 per person because it's a little bit more hands-on. This sounds like a very promising place in the Midwest to go visit, visit a place where they film the Shawshank Redemption, which is obviously a classic huge movie so you're gonna ghost hunt where they filmed that how cool yes all right thank you guys so much for listening i've got one quick review that i'm gonna read this week this is a five-star review that we got on apple um and they it's really brief but i thought it was great um because they said they love the latest episode which is the winchester mystery house which is our last episode They said, I also really enjoy the mixed up episode, always a Sunday highlight. So I wanted to make a comment on the mixed up episode. I was so excited to see that review that they enjoyed that episode because I was a little worried. You know, I was thinking some of our listeners might say, hey, we want Lisa doing the narration, which I think you all still do. But I think to give Lisa a break periodically from doing all of this research that she does into each episode Um, We may throw one of these, you know, kind of reverse mixed up episodes in periodically. So you never know. It could be coming more. I loved it. I thought you did great. It seemed seamless. Well, that's good to hear. All right. Okay, guys, 
like uh, that review. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us five stars. It helps us engage more listeners. It lets them know that we're worth listening to. Also, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and come check out our website, yourhauntedholiday.com. You can click contact us, send us a ghost story, send us a recommendation. We'd love getting those. Um, So reach out. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Stay safe and healthy, everybody.